Hello and welcome to the Our Community Listens podcast. My name is Adam Solgett and joining me today are alumni Jeanette Whitcomb and Stacy Keating, employees for City of Aspen in Colorado. In today's podcast, we're going to talk about how the two of them became a dynamic duo, the likes of Batman and Robin. But instead of fighting crime in Gotham City, they fought something each and every alumni can relate to losing focus and forgetting the skills that had such an impact on them in the three-day training. Jeanette and Stacy banded together to continually practice the skills with each other and on each other. They became each other's learning partner. Before we go any further and get deeper into their story, I'd like to invite them in to speak and tell us a little bit about the work they do. Jeanette, why don't you go first? Thanks, Adam. Uh, So both Stacy and I work for the Aspen Environmental Health Department. Uh, We work to protect the health and environment of our community. We do things such as restaurant inspections, air quality work, waste reduction, and and whatever the Aspen community wants of us as far as relation to public health and the environment. I see. so I'm going on seven years as the department's admin assistant and I support our programs through community outreach. Uh, I do a lot of customer service um, with our constituents and uh, support the program managers like Jeanette. Sounds like you guys interact with a lot of different people and I'm sure the Our Community Lessons class has really helped you, you know, find a way to communicate with those, um, with those individuals. How did you end up taking the Our Community Listens class to start with? Um, well, I, when I joined the organization, there was already a really strong culture of um, Our Community Listens, and everyone in my department had taken the class and even was using the language. And so I, about five years ago, I did my training and my disc profile and took the class and um, just kind of went from there. Yeah, it was something that our organization, the city of Aspen, really wanted as many people to attend the three-day training. It was such a gift uh, to our community and to the organization that once people started taking it, it became like a wildfire. And when our managers took it, they were like, we all need to take it so that we could all have this language and work through problems. So. Um, I actually was the last one before we hired Stacy to take the class, and it was I felt like I was kind of out of out of touch with some of the language that they were using, and so it felt good to 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 finish that class and have my aha moments and be a part of that culture. Yeah, I was going to ask Jeanette, what was it like, you know, seeing all these people come back and talk about it and see this experience that they've been through and think, oh man, what what am I missing out on? Well, it's funny because we have other leadership programs that I've done in the past. And so I'm like, oh, I won't, I don't, I know what I'm doing. And then I realized like, no, I need to be a part of this. And so I think that's where my hesitancy was, was I didn't think I needed it. And boy, did I need it. And it was a wonderful uh, skills and aha moment with DISC, with coworkers and realizing I was banging my head against the wall. Um, trying to communicate to them as I like to be communicated and that was just not working and I realized now why and it wasn't personal. Right and I think that is definitely one of the biggest learning experiences through our community lessons is seeing that people aren't necessarily doing things on a personal side it's just the way that they choose to communicate. It sounds like there was a culture 
within your organization that really took our community lessons very serious. Can you tell me a little bit about that development and the different steps that as an organization, different classes you were going through that eventually led to you guys becoming learning partners? Stacy, why don't you take the lead on that? Uh, sure. Yeah, we're just so fortunate that we have an organization that really reinforces this type of learning. And so I think in 2016, we were able to take a style flexing class and we realized at that time, wow, these are skills that, you know, you can learn, but they don't necessarily stick that easily. And we really thought this is an amazing opportunity. And Jeanette and I took that class together along with at least one other coworker in our office. And then from there, realizing the importance of that uh, continuous learning, we decided to do, I think in the spring of 2016, the 90-day challenge. We got our little booklet. Um, a lot of that was really focused on, oh, confrontation skills, of course, a lot of um, reflective listening and reinforcing the listening skills. And then that was really great for us. And, and then we decided, well, wow, we really could use um, a more regular uh, way to continue practicing, essentially. And our director was really supportive of that. Yeah, I think the 90-day challenge gave us an opportunity to see if we were the right uh, partners for each yeah. other. And so that's something that if our community listens does or promotes again, uh, it's a good way to find, you know, practice with a learning partner and see if you're a good fit. But I think the culture really was great for us to have our director be okay with us spending work time because at the time, you know, Stacy wasn't full time and so her time was precious. And so uh, having that approval and support really made it comfortable for both of us to take, uh, I think we started with a half hour and then we right. built it to an hour. It sounds like there is some major support in your organization to continue these life skills. And that's wonderful. That's just awesome. Yeah, it made it easier for us to have a take the time. I think that when an organization is supportive of it and can take work time just because they see the value of us growing with our listening and communication skills to our customers, being a, a government agency that is the number one priority is customer service. So if you work in a private entity and customer service is a priority, that's another, you know, way you can pitch, you know, having this time at work because we're all busy. And so if we had to rely on our personal time to do it, it would not have been as successful. Right. You got started in that 90-day challenge, but that's been roughly three years ago from the sound of it. What kind of curriculum and what kind of studies have you developed for yourselves in the meantime? Well, this is Jeanette. I can start. We decided after the 90-day challenge that we had some conflict resolution or difficult customer issues at work. And so we decided that we wanted to continue with uh, the learning partnership to help us build that skill. And so we started meeting. But to be honest, we kind of call it free form because we really needed to practice listening. And I mean, it's so long ago, as you pointed out, but, you know, things come back talking about it, where we would try to bring up a conflict uh, that we dealt with and run through that with some of the steps. But then it really morphed into, I need to practice listening. So Stacy would talk about something that she was dealing with that she wanted a listener for. And so I practiced reflective listening and empathetic listening. 
and that's hard. But then I would get feedback from Stacy that she felt heard and I saw it. And so then we fed on each other with that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it was really relevant to our work. I mean, I deal with a lot of customers. Oftentimes they can be upset or stressed and sometimes you can't even solve their problems. And so realizing that, okay, if I become a more effective listener, that is a really great skill. Sometimes people just want to be heard even when you're not solving their problems, which is kind of the foundation of those effective listening skills. So we got buy-in again from our, our manager to do these. Um, it really was just practicing over time. I, what would we, we would do an hour uh, every, every two weeks. Yeah, every two weeks. Yeah. And I even built it into skill building for some of my um, goals and objectives as a part of my job. It was really relevant and very helpful. Yeah, so we did that for about a year, year and a half, and then we realized when we had to re-up our personal goals that we needed to uh, step up our game and kind of challenge ourselves. And so we reached out to Shirley and our coworker, who, uh, Ashley, who's a teacher as well, for our community listens, and they gave us a suggestion of the podcast. So right, this podcast is actually helping us come up with new curriculum and new discussions. Very happy to hear that we've had the opportunity to help spur some of that. Stacy, why don't you touch a little bit on the importance of putting this on the calendar and making it a priority? I, I think a lot of people say, well, I'll get to it and we'll, we'll come around and maybe we'll talk about it at lunch. But this sounds like you guys took it very serious, put it on the calendar and made sure you were going to do it. Can you touch on that a little bit, Stacy? Absolutely. Yeah. Very simply, we got the buy-in from our um, director, and so we scheduled it. We just have a regularly scheduled meeting, shows up on our calendar. Mutually, we created a space for ourselves uh, in an office, um, made it happen. So it's a regularly scheduled um, event that we have, and I think you really do need that in order it, it just isn't easy, I think, is the bottom line. And we like to think it is, but it just isn't. And so the practice, practice, practice is so incredibly helpful and um, really building it into your schedule. So we literally did that. It also helped that we made it part of our personal performance goals and objectives. So we had higher accountability than just each other that we would meet. Uh, and I think it actually was once a month. And at first, we scheduled it right before our weekly work meeting, and then we realized that we were getting into the, you know, some right. nitty-gritty or things that really needed some uh, separate time. And so we were running over a half hour, and so then we made it into an hour, and we checked again with our supervisor, but he was seeing the value. He was seeing us grow, and so he's like, absolutely. So yeah. that's how I remember making it happen. That's right. It's very organic, isn't it? I had yeah. forgotten that. But we did realize that because we meet uh, weekly anyway to talk about programs, and um, but this really helped focus us in on uh, specific uh, our community listen skills. And we did get support for that. So. so working those into your, you know, performance reviews, what are some specific measurables that you had, if any, that were a part of that and that you've seen change over the last three years. Either one of you have any comment along those lines? Oh, that's, uh, that's really interesting because I checked in with um, our supervisor before doing this podcast just to get his uh, perspective on it as well because I wanted to feel that confidence that 
we had something really to put out there. We know, I mean, that it feels right and that you get better at dealing with customers and dealing with different styles and all the things that our community listens does. But I did want some of that feedback. He, he just said that he could definitely see an improvement, I think, mostly in the way we sometimes manage difficult situations personally and are able to uh, navigate that a lot better with confrontation skills and also, again, with the listening. At least for me, he he did mention that in dealing with difficult customers, it, he's seen improvement. And so that was one of the real goals that I had starting out um, in dealing with that type of conflict. And for me, I had an immediate uh, improvement just from the class as far as dealing with uh, a person that was a D and I'm an I and that we were able to work better together and productively uh, get things done. But with the learning partner, the art of listening really helped me be able to have a way to tell somebody that I wasn't going to be able to solve their difficult problem. Mm-hmm. I deal with air quality and having to talk to people about their complaints related to the exhaust from buses and they live above a bus stop and we can't move that bus stop. And so it was the biggest aha for me was listening to them and being empathetic with them and being able to say, I might, I'm not going to be able to move this and give you everything you want, but I'm here to be a voice for you and your concerns. And it actually has improved her situation, but that initial conversation was a lot easier for me being able to let that person know that they were going to be heard, but I wasn't promising something that I couldn't deliver. That's a wonderful story because it just makes me realize that many times when people maybe call and make that type of complaint, they may know that there's nothing that can be done, but they just kind of want someone to hear them out. And that's what you have uh, developed in your skill set. Does that sound about right? Yeah, that's exactly right. That's absolutely right. Yeah. And that's something that I feel that our organization probably honed in on as far as a good customer service skill. Because we just can't, as government, we can't do everything. We only have a limited budget. And Mm -hmm. so at least our department, we have definitely uh, modeled that uh, behavior. Stacey, you touched on this when you mentioned initially the 90-day challenge that you got to kind of test out your partner. That got me thinking as I was listening to you guys a little bit about what if I chose somebody like my wife, for example, who's been through the class and we've had discussions about the the class and she's the person in my life who I want to improve my communication skills the most for. But I find that in discussions that we have, sometimes it's difficult to come back to her and maybe give her constructive feedback or vice versa. It's If she gives it to me, it might be hard to receive it. So it was interesting when you said you kind of got to test out your partner. And, and I want to ask you, what what do you believe is important about having that learning partner and getting the opportunity to find the right person? Oh, that's a great question. I think First, it started that we had attended some of the continuous learning classes, so we both had the value. We both understood the value of continuing to practice these skills. So that's the first thing, you have those shared values with someone. And secondly, we 
work, uh, we're also both very passionate about what we do in public health and environment. Um, so we're constantly dealing with some of the same conflicts that come up that are similar. So we're able to see from the same perspective, oh, look at different ways of approaching uh, work problems that we have and, and, and kind of testing our skills through, through that light. So there's that mutual intent, if you will, that we have. And then also, just quite frankly, Jeanette and I care a lot about each other. I mean, we work together, so we have a great interest in doing a good job for our jobs, but we also do care for each other and want each other to be better as, as human beings. It's really, at least my intention, I know Jeanette supports me in that. And um, I try to support her as best I can in that. Because the other thing is, we were talking before this podcast, I mean, the, the real thing, you can take the class and you can learn the skills, but you really need to practice. It doesn't just stick with you. And for whatever reason, it's so effective, but it's not easy. And if you don't practice and have someone who you can be honest and vulnerable and uh, interested and intentional with all of these things and these skills, I think you're not going to get that full benefit. Yeah, I, I concur with what Stacy says. I think the trust is what you need and the desire to continually learn and practice and grow as a person. And I, if you don't have anyone in mind, I think going to those continuing uh, education classes is a good way to try and broach that with someone that you don't know. But if you're in an organization that is like ours, where a lot of people have taken it, finding someone that through your work is a, is a good way. But you need to have that desire to continually learn and trust. It's not easy. We don't have a ton of learning partners in our organization. Yeah, and I, I think you touched on the fact of, say, uh, participating or practicing with a, a spouse or a partner that you have at home. And um, I, I would say that I think uh, Sometimes in those those intimate relationships, it, it can get just really really hard because you kind of can't go home, if you will. You know, you're you're in it, and so Jeanette and I have created the space that we have that, and then we can go home. I don't know that it would be as effective. I'm sure some people could do it with with a spouse, but I think it's helpful to have a little distance, maybe from some of those more those more intimate personal relationships. Because it is, this is hard stuff. You know, sometimes you want to, you want to be able to leave it uh, at work or, you know, wherever it is you're practicing. Yep, and that is exactly the kind of thing that I was wondering about. What you just covered there, Stacy, the ability to, you guys can have these tough conversations, but you still get to have that space because you go home to, um, to other to other people. And so you do get to kind of leave it at work, but you can also, when need be, pull from everything that they just gave you. You know, you can pull from the feedback they gave you about how you either felt listened or didn't feel listened and what you could do better and what you um, did really well. So that's a little bit of what I was curious about. I think having that space is pretty important. Oh, absolutely. And I will just reinforce that. I mean, with, with, with my husband, I feel like this has helped me be a much better listener and it, it's, it's really valuable for that relationship as well. Stacy, you mentioned your husband and, and how these skills can make a difference in our personal lives. 
I certainly want to get to that with the two of you. But before we get to that section, I do want to touch on just one more time, any major highlights of working with a partner consistently and curious if there's anything, anything more you'd like to say about that. Stacy. Well, I think when you practice with someone, you obviously get a lot better. And so there's that consistency and then you do see results. I would say it helps so much when I am heard in the exact way that I would like to be heard and actually watching Jeanette execute those amazing listening skills is like it's a, a reinforcement. It's a feedback mechanism that you don't get if you're, you know, just haphazardly um, trying to practice these skills alone. I think that is um, something that I've really gained that I almost didn't even think about before, but just actually seeing someone and you can feel it when you feel heard and you go, okay, I see now I can do the same and I see how I can do better to give that to someone else. Yeah, I think safety the feedback. You can't do, you don't get feedback on your own. That's right, you're practicing it. It's kind of like, am I doing it right? Are they feeling hurt? But you, because you can't, without having a learning partner, you actually don't know maybe the signs from that person that you are listening to. But we actually know the physical body, you know, subconscious, that's what's the, just that internal, the nonverbal, the nonverbal yeah. signs that you show when you actually feel heard, your face lights up um, or you get less tense. Uh, so I'm glad you brought that up as far as that physical uh, observational feedback. For me, it really comes down to accountability. Hmm. This is hard stuff. And if I didn't have Stacy and our appointments, I would slack and we aren't. And after a while practicing it, then it does become partly second nature. But in this culture of what we, of where we live in, and this fast-paced uh, social media type of thing, I think we, I would fall back on. And so for me, really, the ultimate thing is, I'm holding my feet to the fire, and I have someone else that is holding my feet to the fire. We're at a staff meeting. You know, we have. Endless fodder for our <laughs> session. <laughs> yeah. And we made a safe, we have a safe place. And I can ask her, like, how did I do? I feel like I could have done better. Or I think I did well. Or I'll tell Stacy, I'm like, wow, that was awesome what you did at the staff meeting. And that's what is the beneficial of having a learning partner, especially in your own department, because they can watch you in yeah. a safe way, not in a like gotcha way. Absolutely. Well, you guys mentioned that feedback and it really got me thinking, like if I was in a meeting with people who have not been through it and then I happened to ask them at the end of it, hey, did you feel listened to? Like, how did you, how did you feel? I mean, that creates some really awkward conversations and they don't understand why you may be asking it. Correct. So I, I, I love listening to the two of you chat about this because it really inspires me to consider finding someone within my organization who has been through our community listens. The organization that I work for, a lot of our managers have been through the training, but right now it is not a focal point, even though many of us do live by a lot of the teachings. So you've really inspired me to go out and uh, maybe locate that learning partner for, for us and our organization. Well, the podcast is already serving its purpose. <laughs>
Is there anything else that you guys would like to add about working with a um, learning partner? I think for me, one of the things I wanted to add was I wanted to be Stacy's learning partner because she was sharing with me how she was having crucial conversations or difficult conversations with a neighbor. And it was exactly what I wanted to do. And she was explaining how she went through the process of uh, setting up your message. And I was like, wow, I want to work with that person uh, to get better at that. And it's something that I have. It's the hardest thing for me to do is to have a conflict, uh, con conflict, a conflict uh, with somebody. I try to avoid it. But over the years, I've gotten a lot better. I'm still, it's still my journey. It's still what I work on. But I have a learning partner that models it. So it helps me aspire to do better with that. Stacy, how does that make you feel knowing that she saw what you were doing and wanted to, wanted to emulate it? Oh, that makes me feel great. We're so fortunate this all happened the way it did. I mean, really, I would also like to reinforce what Jeanette just said is another thing we maybe haven't mentioned, but that skill of really trying to craft your message and understand the the way other people want to receive information based on, you know, your idea of what their communication style is, the platinum rule, as I learned it in my class five years ago, really helps because it's so easy to think that your own style is uh, just the way to go. I mean, let's just keep talking about this and let me just keep telling them exactly what I think is the right thing to do. And that should work, right? And, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, and that really trying to understand, okay, who's receiving this message? How do they receive information is also incredibly helpful and getting your own message heard and really uh, having effective communication, conflict resolution, whatever it is. Yeah, I think as a motivating factor to find somebody with your organization also helps because then you can test out your message before you talk to a supervisor or a department head or a manager so it can you can be sneaky about it and, and practice because you're putting them in a box and right and making sure that uh you're crafting that message that'll be received well instead of defensively if you don't mind i'll use the word strategic instead of sneaky <laughs> good word yes yes uh having a learning to partner uh, helps you be strategic when uh crafting a message Oh, and I think those other things, this, sorry, this just popped into my head, but those other things that you just, it's impossible to see. I know one of the things I needed to work on was my body language, because I would maybe get upset about something, and I didn't know that I was showing it so obviously <laughs> in my hey, everybody just leave me alone right now, or whatever it is, but... Um, then again, having someone you trust, someone who uh, sees you in difficult situations in, um, uh, consistently can help you understand, and I'm more receptive to that, oh, I could have really improved uh, just my posture and been, again, usually it's a, a listening situation where you want to be really paying attention to how you're uh, having those reflective listening skills even in your, in your nonverbals, as they say. That, it, that truly is some great advice because many of us, when we get focused on a project and maybe we're working and, and someone comes and 
you know, has a question for us, we might reply short, but honestly, it's not anything to do with the, with them. But if they don't know, and if we don't know that we're doing it there, that could create hostility. And so I think that's really great advice to say that I have someone who can kind of watch what I'm doing and give me some advice on my body language. Right. It's not an easy thing to acknowledge in someone, but we as human beings feel it. Like we, we just can pick up on all those things so easily, but uh, you really need someone to tell you that you trust that, oh, hey, you're doing this. And, and Jeanette has told me that and it's helped me because I'm, I'm more aware of it. Awesome. And I guess another aspect of a learning partner is if you pick somebody that you care about and that you might have problems with communication, because that's something that Stacy and I wanted to build well, uh, improve as well, that we were having some hiccups with our own interpersonal communication at work. And we're like, we're friends, what's going on? And so that was something that also was a motivating factor. We both wanted to learn, but we also were like, we are going to personally benefit this as coworkers and friends. And we have. Yeah. So true. Let's go back a minute and just talk about our community lesson skills in general and how you have seen them make a difference in your personal life. Jeanette, why don't you talk a little bit about that and just how you've seen it make a difference at home or in uh, relationships you have outside of work. The biggest impact that our community listens has, and also because of my learning partner with Stacy, the times uh, I got to practice was with my parents. My mom was suffering from an illness that was a form of dementia. It was really uh, a struggle for her losing her identity. And the biggest thing I realized was nobody was listening to her. Everybody was saying, you have to do this, or you should try this, or it's okay, we can help you. And I said, mom, that's gotta be hard for you to not be able to be the helper. And I reiterated things that she was talking about and who she was. And that was a big gift that I could give her because nobody else was doing that. And then it was a gift for me because I got to do that for her. I got to help her and have her be heard. And so that is probably the, one of the biggest messages that I tell people about when they're struggling with their parents is um, my story with mine. And now uh, my dad, I can have a stronger, I have a stronger relationship with him because I see him. I'm not trying to fill in the blanks or fix things or be angry about him not doing this or that. I just listen to him and it's so much more enjoyable <laughs> and we have so much more fun together. So I've shared that with people and I know other people who have uh, used that skill with their parents and it's made a big difference with them and, and they've actually gotten their parents to do something that they've been struggling with because they came at it in a, a way of just listening and, instead of telling. It sounds like you've created a real strong space for peace and connection between you and your parents. I'm so proud of that. She's really just done an amazing job. Stacy, is there uh, any story or any connection you'd like to talk about that you've made in your personal life and how these skills have made a difference? Absolutely. I um, am a mother of uh, 
teenagers. <laughs> and um, especially with my daughter and watching her go through some difficult things that I think are just unfortunately the way things go with personal relationships especially at young ages and as a mom you want to get in there and you want to fix stuff <laughs> you want to find out exactly what's going on you want to ask a lot of questions and it's not certainly not the first uh, inclination to be a good listener and one time in particular with my daughter, she'd ever had a really rough day with some relational things on the playground, and she was very upset. And it took all of my strength just to not do those things that I mentioned and just to help her really feel, just to really kind of be there with her, ask her questions, and be able to absorb uh, and feel with her those things that she was going through and acknowledge that um, because boy, I don't know, at least for me in my life, you just don't want to see your kids go through pain. It's you want to do everything you can to prevent that. And the, the truth in life is that you can't. And so I had this one experience with my daughter where I felt like I really helped her feel that what she was going through and that it was okay and that I was there with her and she wasn't alone. And um, so that was not easy. It is not the easy thing to, to listen in, in that, but it is really a gift. And she hugged me and she said, thank you, mommy. And um, it was, it was beautiful. You know, as a father of two very young girls, uh, I, that story means a lot to me. And it's a very good reminder. So thank you so much for bringing it up and sharing it with us. You're welcome. Well, ladies, I want to thank you so much for taking your time to talk with us today. I really appreciate it. And like I said earlier in the podcast, you have inspired me to go find someone that I can continue to practice these skills with so I can hone them and make all of my relationships, including the one with my wife, um, even better than they are today. So for our listeners, uh, what are some key takeaways you'd like to uh, reiterate at the end of our conversation? Stacy? why don't you go first? Well, I think the main thing is practicing. Uh, I think you can go to the class, learn all the skills, maybe even be an expert. And I just don't think because these are such difficult things that don't come naturally and they are so valuable, I don't feel that I could continue to integrate them into my life unless I continue to practice. Uh, again, they just, they don't come naturally, they, you can forget. And so for me, having the practice has been invaluable to really, to really, uh, to doing it, to, to being a good listener and to embodying the, all of these messages that are so wonderful. The key takeaway for me is if you want to improve your relationships, if you want to, touch people's lives uh, and have them feel what you feel when you know that you were listened to is to practice and to find that person that you can get feedback from and grow with. And if you find that learning partner, that's going to be a really special relationship and it's free. <laughs> it's not, you know, paying a counselor to, to listen to you. It's 
finding that person that's going to help you grow and you're going to help that person grow. And it's fulfilling. Oh, she said it so perfectly. <laughs> what she said. <laughs> she absolutely did. Uh, thank you both again, the Colorado tag team of Jeanette and Stacy. I really appreciate the time today. Thank you, Adam. It was a growing moment for us to do this podcast. Thank you. If you have any suggestions about subjects for our podcast, feel free to reach out through our Facebook page. And if you're interested in taking a class, visit ourcommunitylessons.org. Thank you again for listening to our podcast. And don't forget, each word, each action, each silent moment of listening sends a message. Therefore, you are the message.